Welcome to another episode of Fargo Watch Party. I'm your host, J.D. Farrell, along with my friend, Stephen Merriweather. How are we today, Stephen? I'm good. How are you, J.D.? Doing great. I love being right. That's I, I was so excited watching. Well, I need to correct you. We're co-host. Co-host, Stephen. Co-host. Co-host. I'm sorry. Co-host. Co-host. We are presented to you by the Modern Podcast Network. Okay? Doing episode six. Episode six. They start out, I w- and it's cold where I am right now. It's freezing cold. They start out with a delicious fish, dip it in some flour, and then fry it up. Oh, that fish looks so good. Well, before we get there, let's just let's just give our reactions. Okay, All you right. were right. I would we, say it again. Say it long, long proud. We've had this long-standing bet about who would die first, Gus or Molly. I can't believe that you won. It is incredible that you won. There's no reason why you should have won. I, I Gus clearly it. should have died first, but he didn't. Oh no, Gus is a fighter. With that whole scene, there was there's like four scenes we're gonna go through later. It just proves part of the whole justice system, just like the whole process. And Gus is Gus is the head of that. Poor Gus. Uh, he finally, he was finally, you know, getting back in the game. Molly at early on sort of fixed her hair. You know, she was feeling him a little bit. And then, but the she's thing dead. between him and Molly is that was she settling? Cause I or is that just how she is? Cause I never felt like she was fully on board with it. Felt like she was like eh, to the I, idea. I just think that she cares about her career more than she does about her relationships. And so any guy, it's gonna be yeah. But Gus is a good guy. I don't know, Officer Thurman. It felt like if he didn't have. Oh my God! That baby. I'm going back. I. She was hot for Officer Thurman. So you just don't understand what it's like to have a mentor-mentee relationship with someone, where I you do. look up to them, and and you care a lot about them, <laughs> and you admire them, oh. but not in that way. <laughs> it goes back to this. It always goes back to this. It always goes back to this. I, I completely disagree. I think it was sexual, okay? Oh, my gosh. See, you take it to there, and I take it here. That That's usually what happens. Okay, well, that will never know. Though the listeners know that I'm right. No, you clearly just said I was right. Okay, so I gave you your props. You were right. Now it's time to return the favor. All right. <clears throat> By starting the recap? No, 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 no. Return the favor. I was also right in this podcast. I mean, in, in this episode. About? Oh, come on. We we had this long... The, the past few episodes, we've been going back and forth about who gets the oh. money. Is, oh, is, yeah. is Malvo going to yeah. keep it all? Is the trainer going to get his part? I thought it, you were right. I yeah. thought it was going to... I didn't think it was going to be 60-40, but I thought the trainer... He <laughs> <made>. <laughs> I 
When he said that, I started laughing. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he thought he was getting the 60. Yeah. He's like, I'm doing the bulk of the work here, man. Um, no, oh. he, didn't, he didn't get a penny. That scene was, I was, oh, right when he is screaming. And, oh, that, the- that's, that is one heck of a way to go about doing that. All right. Let's get into it. All right. So, so we, we start off by finally learning who Fargo is. Yeah. Um, we're in some Asian restaurant. Uh, they're frying up a fish. They drop it to some table in the back room. Clearly a bunch of mobsters at the table. Clearly one guy is in charge. He has like his accountant next to him and he's like whispering numbers into his ear um and then at some point he's like sam hess and his accountant explains what's going on with sam hess and then i guess uh, another mobster's like you know we looked into it we don't think it has anything to do with the business it it just sort of happened it might have been the wife it might have been someone else but it's like no big deal and he in fargo the the head mobster yeah um says like kill and be killed and so he demands mr numbers and mr wrench kill whoever killed sam has right and then and then it cuts but we finally understand who fargo is yeah uh i mean i didn't the only thing about that situation that was a little or scene that was a little weird was the australian in minnesota who I think is going to become a big factor in the next few episodes. Really? Yeah, he was the one who talked, you know, who said it might be an extramarital, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. It's, it's, an, it's an international uh, criminal organization. It spans borders. Okay. But clearly they're going to become a big fixture in the next few episodes. Yeah. 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 We, we were introduced to them we've heard about them we were finally introduced to them clearly they're going to become a bigger fixture exactly then the next scene we see the old trainer locked in the pantry yeah looked like he's been eaten yeah he he had some food yeah he He had some cereal open on the ground um malvo so last episode malvo locked him in the pantry um, he was like, you know, get some rest. We have a big day tomorrow. I don't want you to get cold feet. Um, Malvo lets him out, and the trainer's kind of offended. He says, you know, I've been thinking we need to re-talk. You know, we need to, we need to talk about how we're going to split this money um, because you know you locked me in, in in the closet in the pantry. So now I, I was, you know, I, I lost my some, my trust in you. And he was like, you know, I, I think it should be sixty forty. I've been doing all the work. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> uh, right then I knew he was going to die. Right then I knew I knew I was right. I didn't, I didn't think he was going to die the way that he ended up dying. I thought it was going to be a quick disposal. It wasn't anything like that. Malvo doesn't even flinch. He's like, okay, read this, talk. Um, they, he calls uh, uh, Stavro... Um, he does the final speech. Um, and then it, just like Malvo and just like this trainer guy, he's like, 
go get my duffel bag. And while he turns around, Malvo gets a pot, hits him on the side of the head. That was a blender. It was a blender. Like, blender. I was so insulted. You hit me with the blender. Like, oh, man. Malvo was insulted. He said 60-40 him. I didn't think Malvo was even going to come back for him. Why come back for him? Just let the man go there. Like, if you feel bad for him, call the cops after you leave. Just leave him. But, obviously, he has ulterior plans or alternate plans for him. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Malvo. Yeah. I didn't th- did you think that was his plan for him, what we, what we no, find out later? Malvo's never just going to let some guy walk. Lester. That's the reason now he's kind of in this mess. <laughs> but, but Lester. Lester's Lester. Lester's Lester. The tra- okay, is the it, trainer is – this whole – town minnesota is lester okay lester's own brother there's just something wrong with him he doesn't belong in this world the most disrespectful thing i've ever heard in my entire life this episode was a bunch of just shady shit i liked it it was just oh man gosh you think it's gonna slow down it never does it never does all right so um the trainer's down. Um, Stavro is, has been given his final instructions of where to send the money. Um, what happens next? Uh, the next scene, we see Lester, and he's getting a checkup. He's telling the nurse he's feeling fine. And the thing, I'm confused. He's wondering why there's a cop outside because he's like, I'm ready to go home. And she's like, oh, that guy tells you when you're ready to go home. <laughs> Like, you punched the cop, and then you had a whole spasm. Like, you're not just going to – you know what I mean? Why does he think? But I, then, I, obviously – he lost consciousness. Like, like, I don't think he remembers, remembers legitimate the first and, time he le- – oh, okay. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, I don't think he remembers passing out and blah, 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 blah. Because he, he looked seriously surprised that there's a cop outside his door. Yeah, but, I mean, his whole life he's kind of reacted that way. So I didn't know if it was because of – just pure forgot or you know what i mean uh yeah i mean i see what you're saying i i think i think it was uh genuine um yeah so so lester's like okay i'm ready to go the nurse is like actually you have to talk to him and lester's like why is he out there and the nurse says well i don't think that's my place to tell (laughs) um so the nurse leaves and lester immediately goes for the window is the window open? Can I jump out the window? Like, that's very, very, like, very typical like Lester. This man just screams guilty, just has no chill from the beginning. He's, uh, his plan, if, if the window was open, was to jump out the window and then run across the parking lot with one of those gowns on that has no backs. Just, just like you would see, you know, uh, a video of someone before they go into the like insane asylum. Yeah. And where would he go? What would he do? Like, is he going to go on the run with his millions? Like I see his plan later on after we find out, but initially to just run, where is he going? I don't know. But anyway, the, the window is locked. He couldn't go anywhere. He hears someone coming in. So he gets back in bed. Um, he fakes like he just woke up. He he sort of sees his brother there. And his brother immediately thinks he's guilty. 
His brother immediately throws him under the bus. What did you do? The doc, the, the, you know, the, the cops say that you did it. The cops say you hired someone, you're involved somehow. What did you do? And Lester's like, look, I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? I, you know, I don't remember. And he's like, you're, his brother's like, you're lying. Stop lying. And he's like, I'm not lying. What are you talking about? Um, and Lester says, I need you on my side right now. And he says, his brother says, I am done with you. Um, there's always been something wrong with you. You've always been a burden on me. Like you don't belong in this world. And as we learn later on, Lester cuts ties officially. It just so quick. It was like a light switch. Yeah. I can't imagine my sister looking me in the eyes and telling me that. But I mean, yeah. I I just I, yeah I just can't imagine that. But y'all have a different relationship. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. So his brother leaves and he's like, okay, what am I going to do? Um, <clears throat> before the nurse left, he's, he's sharing a room with someone else. This other person he's, he's sharing the room with is immobile. And has a fully face bandage. Yeah, it was in yeah, some was terrible in accident. Terrible. His face is completely covered up. He's immobile. He can't speak. Um, and before the nurse left, the nurse said that she was going to come back and get him soon. Get this other guy soon to do some more tests. And so he has this... Great idea, like actually a great idea. It worked beautifully. We didn't. I didn't know the complete plan until much later. At yeah. first, I'm just like, once again, where's he? What is he doing? Where is he going? Me neither. Like, okay, you can do all this, but you're still missing. You still escape. Like that's a anyway. Um. So, uh, he finds some bandage. He wraps his own face. He moves the the actual guy who's immobile into his bed he gets some street clothes and he lays down in this bed um, knowing that the nurse was about to come get him and knowing that his face is covered so the nurse wouldn't be able to tell that it wasn't actually the other guy um and right on time he he gets his the face wrap on he lays down he has the street clothes the nurse comes the nurse wheels him to another part of the hospital and then leaves and he gets up and walks out just like that. I, I thought that he was going to get caught immediately. He took I, way too long changing them clothes in the middle of the hallway. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like tying his, like zipping up his shoes, <laughs> fixing his scarf. Um, I thought he was going to get caught immediately. He didn't. Um, he got out of the hospital. He stole one of the staff car um, and he drives off and it's un unclear what he's doing it's unclear if he's just making a getaway what's going on um, he goes home wait wait that's not yet I guess we might as well run through it and go okay what's next what's after that uh, we got that's when uh, Molly and Gus they're together and he tells them uh, about the like Molly goes to Gus's apartment and he tells him about the neighbor who talks about Gus. He's like, yeah, and he told him he's gonna come back and kill the neighbor. Like, <laughs> 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 he's 
like, and they won't believe me even though I'm a cop because I'm the cop who cried wolf and I got the, like, what? Like, they won't believe a cop whose neighbor. Clearly a toxic one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so last episode, Malvo comes looking for Gus. He should have killed Gus. I should have won this dang bet. He doesn't. His, his neighbor friend sort of saves him. Um, the neighbor friend tells Gus that this guy is coming after you. Um, like you said, Gus. So Mo- Molly comes up to meet with Gus to do some more investigation. Gus tells Molly. Molly's like, we need to report that. And he's like, no. Essentially, I'm the laughing stock at the, at the department. No one's going to believe me. So even though I'm a cop and I'm being threatened, I can't do anything about it. Correct. And so then they, you know, get the license plate because uh, the rabbi actually gets the license plate. They're like, oh, who is it tied to? Oh, it's tied to July and January, by the way. That's because the fruit. That's why I can't. <laughs> Yeah. And it's tied to his company car. And so then they go to investigate there uh, to find out, okay, who was driving that company car. So they go to the supermarket to investigate. And they get there. They just go to some random register and like, and, and, and they, they both say, we need to talk to a manager. Um, the, the woman at the register is like, oh, are you here about the bugs? I thought right then I thought something was going to like yeah. come out. Uh, and Molly was like, what bugs? And, and then she's like, oh, I don't know if we're supposed to talk about the bugs. She turns to her coworker and is like, are we supposed to talk about the bugs? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and at this point, Molly's like, okay, just like give me a manager, please. And she turns back, the, the woman at the register turns back to her coworker. Can you get the manager? <laughs> um, there, there's no manager on duty. So Molly just leaves. Uh, her card and her number and uh, and asked to, to call her back whenever a manager gets in. Um, and I think at this point, Gus is like, oh, you know, so like, what do we do now? And Molly's like, I could always use another cup of coffee. Yeah. That's that's Molly being a little flirty. Okay. All right. The, then they have that talk and... <laughs> I love it because Molly is so she's like the driest sarcastic and he's like the thing that really hurts me about Malvoy is he just lies <laughs> and she's like oh it's not the violence and killing three people and it's like well yeah but he just lied. like she's like how can you well first you skipped over the fact that Gus is mansplaining two-face to oh, Molly yeah. What it means? What it means? You know what I hate about Malvo? It's that he's two-faced. You know that he has one face where he lies, and then another face. (laughs) I'm like, Gus, what are you doing? If this if this was written in 2021, Molly would have been like, "Duh, I know what you're talking about." Uh, And then that's when Molly's like. Oh, what about the killing and, and murdering and intimidating? And Gus is like, oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> but he lies. <laughs> it's like, that's what makes us different from the animals. <laughs> We're supposed to be honest. He, I'm like, <laughs> uh, 
Man, it must be hard living in the world if you think that's the truth. When you said that Molly has a dry sense of humor, I thought you were talking about a few minutes later when they were at the coffee shop and Gus is explaining to her like the story that the rabbi told him where this man gave all his money, then his liver and then his life to try to help people and then was never satisfied. And then Molly, Molly goes, huh? Why didn't he just go work for a charity? <laughs> what? Molly, come on. <laughs> if I lived in Minnesota, Molly is my type of girl. All right. I know she's going to be hard to come by, but Molly's the girl I want to be with in Minnesota. No, she's not. You would not have any fun with her out having a drink. Because A, it wouldn't be alcohol. It'd be coffee at her dad's diner. Because that's all she, that's the only place she goes. What about the spider bite lady? I think they had a cocktail or a glass of wine there. No, I, I don't think they did. I think her friend just let all that out without any alcohol. Uh, but who else in Minnesota? It's snow all the time. We're going to need some hot chocolate. Eh, I'll tell you what. Um, I have no plans to hang out with Lester. I, I, I tend to agree with his brother. I feel bad for him. That's a, that's a mean thing to say to your brother, but it's got some truth. It's got some truth. He's got some, he's got some problems. You didn't like the brother. I was a fan of the brother from the beginning. I mean, no, and I still don't like the brother. That's a terrible thing to say. The autism. And he deserves what he gets. That's like saying he has the depression. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like he's he's trying to understand it. He's not trying to understand it. He's basically he's like, I don't I, I don't understand you. And because I don't understand you, you're a burden, and therefore I like am extricating you from my family. Uh. And Lester, rightfully so. Next scene, we see Lester back at home. Um, he goes down to the basement, and he sees someone has moved the washer, where he initially hid the murder weapon. We were unsure. Yeah, I was wrong. I thought he took it to the brother's house. We were unsure what happened. Turns out, brilliant move by Lester. Brilliant move. There's a poster on the side of the wall that he ran into. um, And behind the poster, in the hole in the wall, he hid the murder weapon. He moved the murder weapon and he hid it there. Um, I thought, at this point, I thought, okay, he knows he needs to get rid of it. Yeah, go throw it over a bridge somewhere. Yeah, I thought he was going to go throw it or something. Um, and then he he opens a box. He, he he sort of starts rumbling through some boxes. He gets out a, a few pictures of his wife. Still not sure what's going on. I thought he wanted to like like throw throw it over a bridge, but like tell his oh, wife thought, goodbye one more time or something. I thought he was doing exactly what you were saying earlier, the practice crying. I'm like, Stephen was right from the beginning. He's getting pictures of his wife and everything so he can go say, like, I'm mourning her. So he's yeah. not guilty, you know. I'm not sure. And then so he, he, he's walking out to leave with the murder weapon, the axe, and these pictures. And before he walks out, he goes back and he 
rummages through some laundry and gets some of his wife's underwear. At that point, I didn't realize he was going to pin it on his brother, but it was clear he was going to try to pin it on somebody. I still thought it was a memory. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I just... And so he goes to his brother's house. Um, he opens the garage. L- less of a case if his brother can be like, he knows how to get into my house. Anyway, he, he opens his brother's big safe and there's like a secondary compartment inside the safe and he puts the murder weapon, the pictures of his wife and his wife's underwear in his brother's safe to make it look like his brother like ha- like loved his wife and through some, you know, angry uh, rampage killed her. And not only kept the pictures, but also the murder weapon in his safe. I don't know how he's going to explain how, how's this story going to work out, but, but Hey, hey it's, it's, it's a nice, nice try though. That is, but I mean, with the chief dying and all that, that's what I mean. Like, how's the whole story going to come yeah. together? But like with the, he, he has a bullet wound in his hand. Like, what's that about? Yeah. Um, and then he, he grabs a gun and I thought he, Again, he, again, at this point, I thought he was grabbing the gun for himself. And he was planning to run away and wanted a gun for protection. Yeah. Instead, he goes upstairs into his nephew's room, his brother's son's room. And plants the gun in his nephew's backpack. Um, I didn't understand why he did that. Uh, to because if the kid like goes to school, they see the gun. Yeah. They're gonna do a parental search at home and stuff and find. Yeah, like I after I thought about it some, that's what I realized. But uh, in the moment, I I didn't understand. But yeah, he, he he put the gun in his nephew's backpack, so when he goes to school, someone will find the gun, and then search the house, and then in that search, find this murder weapon. And I cannot wait for that to happen. I cannot wait to see the brothers face when that happens you know how naive i am i thought when he was going back for the gun the small revolver to plant he was gonna pull out the pictures and stuff i thought he regretted what he just had planted and he's oh, like no 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 he imme- yeah, yeah no way but, yeah but no <laughs> no way yeah <laughs> he he'd yeah. shoot himself like he'd commit suicide before do, doing that he hated his wife <laughs> Uh, he killed her out of rage. Um, so before he's able to escape the house, um, his sister-in-law and his nephew come home. He needs to find some way to get out but without them seeing him. Um, and so they're, they're both in the kitchen. His sister-in-law sort of walks away. He's walking down the stairs. His nephew turns around, sees him. They make eye contact. And then I think his nephew, I, I think his, I think his brother talked so much shit about him at home that his nephew was like, oh, here's this guy who's like not right, not normal. I'm just going to ignore him because he, he looks at him, he sees him and then he turns around and goes on with his day. Why else would you do that? 
I mean, it's your uncle. I just, I would, if I was lesser, I would have just waved and said bye and just go. You know what I mean? Like, no. Nah, he couldn't say anything because he didn't want to. The mom was like in the garage or something. And but the you kid has. You don't know that. I don't know. He's autistic too, just like. And if he said my uncle was just here, the mom wouldn't believe him because he is. Aut- I, f- I forgot that he's autistic. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. where like they could have thought if he even just said like uncle blah blah was just here. She would have been like, oh, be quiet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like ignored it. That's true. That's true. Um, doesn't say anything. He walks out. He escapes. Still unclear where he's going now, but he successfully planted and set up his brother to be convicted or, or, or to be suspected of his wife's murder. Well, he just goes directly back to the hospital. Well, we don't know that until the end. Um, he does end up back in the hospital somehow. He, he makes his way back in the hospital. He, he's back in his bed. And then the, the very last scene of this episode is Lester in bed, sitting up, yeah, knowing what, what he did. just did. Yeah. And he, he puts on the biggest smirk of his life. I love that little smile he gives. Oh. Knowing he just framed his brother for killing his wife when he did it himself. So disappointed in Lester for this. But remember the beginning? He learned from the best. Malvo? Yeah. He I learned from the best. I liked him first. And you hated him. Then I hated him, and you liked him. So now, I mean, now we're both. I'm assuming on the hatred of Lester. Uh, I think Lester's a terrible human being. Um, I've always thought that. You were rooting for him previously, though. You I, I am, I am still rooting for him. I, I think he's a terrible human being, but I am rooting for him. Yes. You do not set your brother and nephew up for your own benefit like set other people up he he was never going to do that until his brother told him that he is worthless he's a burden and he is no longer part of his family then he's no longer your brother what about your nephew he's forever gonna have a gun most likely in school because that he's gonna be a kid who brought a gun to school. No, that doesn't follow you. It feels like it. He's an autistic kid, and his, his father owns a lot of guns. Like, that's the parents' fault. Then he's just going to be on disability for the rest of his life. Why? Because they're like, if he's an autistic, because you're putting his disability as a reason why he would bring the gun to school. So he's no, a liability. I'm just saying that, like, when you're a child and you come in contact with a gun, it's not your fault. <coughs> Whether you're autistic or not, like it's not your fault. It's, it's your parents for not properly securing the gun. Um, especially at his age, yeah, that's not going to follow him at all. He's he might get in trouble. He might get suspended for a couple of days, but that doesn't follow you. Um, we got we see Malvo and duct tapes the trainer to the little exercise bike. We. That's what yeah, we, so so next scene, we're back at the trainer's house. Um, last we saw of Malvo and the trainer, he had just knocked the trainer out with a blender. He's The trainer's lying on the floor. Um, now he wakes up and he is duct taped completely to an exercise bike. Hands, legs, body, like 
unable to move. His, he also has duct tape around his mouth. Unable to move. Um, it's unclear why he's duct taped like that. Um, you, uh, we know that there's paper all over the windows. Um, and we see that Malvo set up some gun that's pointing out the window towards the street. Um, and then Malvo, Malvo has a shotgun. He sort of cocks it a few times and then gives it to this, this guy, the trainer, who's duct taped to this exercise well, bike. He takes all the bullets out, like all the... It's, it's, it's unclear that that's what he's doing. Um, I, I thought that maybe he was expecting someone to show up and like was actually trying to, you know, he was expecting Stavro to hire, to, to get some henchmen and then realize it was him and then come fight them. And they were going to get an, into a gunfight. Um, I'm not sure what was going on. He duct tapes the shotgun um, in this man's hands, uh, who's already duct taped to this exercise bike. <laughs> and then he stands in front of it and he's giving him instructions and the trainer looks down, sees his finger on the trigger, and then pulls the trigger with Malvo standing right in front of the gun. Like you said, no bullets. And Malvo says, don't worry. I would have been insulted if you didn't at least try. <laughs> Mal Malvo's just, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. Past two episodes, he earned back his respect. Yeah, I mean, in a way. In this episode, he sort of outsmarted hired hitmen. Like, I mean, that's what he is. I know, that's but like two on one. Where'd the other guy go? But that's that's another. We'll I mean, get he there. He can't hear, so he's useless if he can't see. And he, he can can't, he can see. No one can see. Like a foot in front of you is all you can. See. You know what I mean? There's no visibility. So you're just gonna run away? Come on now. I don't know what he did, but obviously he can't hear, so that's no advantage. He doesn't know where anyone is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got two eyes. Bro, if you can't see in front of you and you can't hear anything, you can just go <laughs> think about I'm it. Sorry, but you don't just run away. Like, this, this is mean, your job. Your job is to was, kill this man, but yet you got scared in the snow? I, okay, you're just thinking, I mean, run away in the sense of scared. If he run, he doesn't know where anyone is. He's running towards them, but he doesn't know because he can't hear. If you can't see and you, it's not. Like I, he I think he is out Malmo. of the picture. I think it's completely out of the picture. I think he ran back to the, to the van or the car or something and just drove off. Either way, he's useless if because there's no visibility and he can't hear. Just like. He's not I don't know. Smell him. He's not a I dog. Don't, uh, ho hopefully, hopefully he was. Uh, you know, he wasn't as expensive as some of the other ones because <laughs> I mean, he's the, clearly the, limited. I mean, is that the equal opportunity? Does he get equal pay <laughs> from the hitman code? I'm not sure if those laws work in organized crime. Do they follow the ACA? They have wheelchair ramps. Um, so Malvo goes to one of the guns that's positioned on the window and he starts firing out into the open. And his whole, he, he tells the trainer the point of doing this is in case Stavros calls the police, he wants to create a distraction so there's nobody to come. 
Um, and so he starts firing out into the open. He hits some cars. He intentionally doesn't hit any people, but it's enough to cause commotion and to cause the police, the, the, the police to come. Um, he has the, the police scanner. Um, and so he can hear, uh, what's going on. Um, and he walks out the back and just sort of walks off, gets in the car, drives off. The police show up. Um, the police is like, you know, get out, like, come out. We're here. Like we're, we outnumber you come out. Um, and clearly there's no one in the house that we're the only person in the house is this trainer, but he's locked. He's duct tape, duct tape to this, this exercise bike. He can't move. His mouth is duct taped. He can't talk. Um, he's trying, but he can't. Um, and so the, the police starts, uh, approaching that they start to approach the house uh, Malvo and saw a tripwire so when they got close enough uh, and someone activated the tripwire the gun would fire so it looks like there's someone still in the house firing oh man when this happened um, and then at that point the police sort of stopped their approach and they just start unloading on the house thinking there's an active shooter in the house they just unload um, can, can you imagine being the trainer inside knowing that you have uh, about a dozen police officers just unloading their gun into the house and there's nothing you can do? You know how terrified I would be? Um, but somehow he survives. Somehow, um, there's like a good 10, 15 seconds of just nonstop firing into the house at least 400 bullets, but he somehow survives. Um, one of the police, one of the cops on scene was like, I think we got him chief. And the chief was like, what makes you think that? <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, and so they approach the house, they knock in the door. Um, and so remember first there was a grenade. They thought they throw in a flash playing grenade right as he's, able to scream wait right yeah so they throw in a flashbang he finally is able to like get the duct tape off of his mouth so he screams wait too late flashbang goes off they knock out the door they see him standing there with a gun they're unable they don't recognize that he's duct taped they just see a gun and you hear gun and there's probably five or six SWAT officers and they oh, each more. they there's each more. put 15 to 20 bullets in this man. You just like in the show, he's just like, just like nonstop. Just it looks like he's dancing. But in fact, his body is moving because he's being shot at. And he's clearly dead. Oh, that was so tragic. I didn't want him to go out like that. I really didn't. That's the really worst way to go out. Yeah. Um, oh, so Malvo is driving away. He's listening on his police scanner. He hears that suspect is down. He knows that the trainer just died. He knows that he's going to keep the, 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 the split's going to be 100 zero. Oh. <laughs> Finally um, gets confirmation. You see Stavros, um, drive to the meeting spot. He's intent on, uh, dropping the money. And then he has this revelation from God 
that in fact what he needs to do is not drop the money where he was told, but go back to where he found the money in the first place and bury it again. And so he leaves. Uh, there's this funny scene where he's leaving the, the parking garage um, and the attendant working in the parking garage is like, oh, I guess you changed your mind. It's still $2 for the first 30 minutes. And Stavros was like, he, I know what to do now. And the guy was like, uh, Stavros was like, I know what to do now. God told me what to do. And the parking attendant was like, God told you not to park here? <laughs> and he's like, no, I know what to do. God told me I need to go. And the, the, par- the, the attendant's like, well, it's still $2. And Stavros says, do you go to church, young man? And he says, yeah. And then Stavros says, well, then your God commands you to open this goddamn gate. <laughs> um, and so he does. He, the, the attendant does. Stavros dies, uh, drives off. And he drives back to the place where he found the, the money at the beginning of last episode, um, which started his whole career. He has the... Uh, the ice pick um, or, or like the, the ice scraper that he found um, that was framed in his office because it was the thing that started his career. And he, in, uh, in a blizzard. Um, I don't care that the snow is coming down. Right, yeah. You, you literally no can't see more than a couple of feet in front of you. They don't care. They're just outside doing their thing, going about their business. Minnesota life. Minnesota life. Um, and he buries the briefcase um, in the same spot where he found it. And then he stabs the ice scraper just like it was in the snow. He looks up into the air and he thinks that he's done his deed and God will now forgive him. That's when I was like, okay. Malvo did all this shit, got into all this shit, and then this happened. Yeah, he doesn't even get his money. Yeah. Um, Malvo's driving to go meet him to collect his money. Wait, um, first he calls his son. Yeah, so so um, <laughs> that's a funny scene. Uh, his, his, his son, well, he's, he's worried about uh, the play coming for his son, so he, he tells his head of security to like watch his son in some, you know, uh, foreign location or, or some unknown location. And he says, like, I've done what I had to do. Like, it, he's safe now. Bring him back. And then he like grimaces and he says, tell him I love him. And then you hear on the other side, the security guy is like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> just unable to express love as men in 2006. Yeah, we got to change it. Or was it? Yeah, it was 2006. It's not even that long ago. And yet feels like a world ago. Uh, I don't know how it happens, but the son and security guard are driving in some little Pontiac car. I don't know why they have that car. Yeah. In the thick snow in Minnesota and... They're driving down the road, and out of nowhere, a bunch of giant tuna or salmon, whatever fish, just start falling from the sky. Which is a real thing. Like, it's a, it, it, hap- it happens, yeah. Like, it, it, it's, um, it's not natural. Well, it's, it's super rare, 
but it's a natural occurrence where after like a storm or something, um, it collects enough fish from surrounding ponds and then carries them and then drops them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that uniquely happened during this storm. Yeah. And I, this is when God did intervene and enough fish came down in their little car and we don't find out till later till the supermarket king drives up in his Escalade and finds that the car has been tipped over and the security guard and his son have been killed in the accident. Yeah. Those hundreds of fish coming down. Um, they like swerve. They, they're, they're trying to avoid the fish. They don't know what's going on. They lose control of their car. The car flips and the plague is over. The firstborn is dead. Really think they should have had a bigger car. That was like my main point from that. I didn't know why that big. I'm pretty sure he owns car. like three Escalades. That's, and he's a big ass security guard and old, and you're gonna make him drive a little Pontiac. You know what? Yeah. I, I yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, Stavros is driving back home. He sees the crash. He sees the security guard dead on the side of the road. He runs up to the car looking for his son, sees his dead son laying in the car and mourns him. He, he really loved his son. Yeah, I know. I'm I didn't realize it. I didn't either. Um, but he really loves the son. His son could have saved all of this. If he just listened to his son, he could have saved all of this trouble. But he didn't, and now his son is dead. Even when he was at back at the little outhouse when the son was going to say something, I thought he was going to say, you know, bring something else up to be like, Dad, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he knows what his dad's doing. Oh. Do you, would you go back and get the money if you're the dad? <laughs> Curse <Yes>. you, God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, screw it. What else? No, I, at wife. this point, Can you... Are so terrified that you're you're leaving the money, and you're you're gonna go to church every Sunday. You're gonna start a, a a group inside of the church that meets every Wednesdays, and you're gonna join a second church to repent, um, so no one in your your main church knows what you did. That's what you do in that scenario. Um. Next scene. Malvo is driving to go collect the money. Um, it's it's there's a blizzard. It's very hard to see, and um, a car in front of him and behind him sort of trap him in. I did not expect this to happen. A little shake and bake, yeah. Yeah. Like, What's going on right now? What's going on? Was it is it just a wreck because of the blizzard? Like what? But he's trapped. Like what's going on? Then you see Mr. Wrench and Mr. Numbers come out of the car with their automatic weapons and just start firing on the car. And Malvo's freaking out. He doesn't know what's going on. He loses. He drops his gun. He like can't get the gun. He escapes out from the car. Um, the two henchmen are like trying to find him. You you can't see more than a couple of feet ahead, a feet ahead of you. Um, Malvo escapes. Um, uh, escapes in that like he's sort of outside of the car and he's in the blizzard and, and trying to walk and formulate a plan. And he sees this 
this door and his plan um, is to cut his wrist with the knife that he has, um, plant his blood in the snow next to his footsteps to make it look like he was walking in that direction and then went through the door. So when someone comes, they, they do that and uh, Mr. Wrench comes, he sees the blood on the ground, he approaches the door and then Malvo sort of just grabs him. Uh, he, he sticks his knife in him. Uh, he has him and he's like, who sent you? Who sent you? He's digging his knife in him. Um, and, and Mr. Wrench says Fargo. And as soon as he pretty easy too, he does give it up pretty easily. I'm sure that hurt, but he gives it up pretty easily. Um, as soon as he, he tells Malvo who sent him, Malvo pulls the knife out of his side and then slits his throat. Like brutal. Who knows where Mr. Numbers is? I think he, he ran hear, away scared. You think he's like circling. He's like, he's, he's utterly his way useless. In, in the yeah. snow. <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, there, there's a lot of commotion. There's a lot of gunfire. Um, Molly, it, it happens right near the diner that Molly and Gus are at. Molly's like, we have to go investigate. Gus is like, no, we don't. We need to call for backup. <laughs> um, but Molly runs out. So Gus runs after her. Um, they see uh, Mr. Wrench on the ground, dead. Um, Gus bends down to check his pulse. Looks up. Molly's gone. Uh, he, he doesn't know where Molly is. He, he, he calls out for her. He's looking for her. He hears a gunshot. So he, he, he gets up and starts walking toward this gunshot. He sees a figure in front of him. Um, he's, he's terrified. He gets his gun out. He doesn't know who's in front of him. He hears a gunshot, um, and then he fires. He fires his gun at this figure in front of him, and then he walks up, and he just shot Molly. His future wife. And Molly's dead. Mm. And I, I do want to touch back earlier when they were having their like fourth round of coffee this episode. Um, that's when he revealed that he actually wanted to be a postman. <laughs> that's right. But they were on a hiring freeze. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I didn't, this might surprise you. I didn't always want to be a, a police officer. And Molly's like, then what did you want to do? And he said, I wanted to be a postman. You see the same people every day. You're a member of the community. You get to bring them their check they've wanted all week. <laughs> oh uh, and Molly's like, well, why didn't you do that? And he said, well, I tried, but when I applied, they, were, uh, they had a hiring freeze. And so instead, I joined the police. Alternate, buddy. Poor guy. Uh, and then his wife died. Yeah, he's, she was the one that brought home the money. So I yeah. had to be. Oh, man. And she, he finally found another person in his life. And he kills so her. Cute. And he kills her. <laughs> he is Molly dead? Oh, man. She's, I mean, she, was, she was shot, but is he dead? Oh, is she you dead? Think she shot him. If she shot him in the. Ch you're right. If it was just the chest, but will she go out with him again? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. But like now that I think about it, I don't know if she's dead. You're right. Because I didn't see shot. blood. 
And then I'm like, for him she to looked do a at headshot? Well, she was no, just like, there's no way he did a headshot. But like, she, oh, do not all cops wear Kev, uh, Kevlar? You think she was wearing? I don't think all cops wear Kevlar. I was, I would just, assume, I guess that's. I don't know. I, I'm curious. That we see her laying on the ground, but we don't really see anything. We, we see the like pain in, in Gus's face. But we don't see anything else. Uh, maybe she's not dead. That's that's a good. Is that in your predictions? Uh, we'll, we'll get to predictions when we're done. But I, I think that might be a prediction. By the way, I don't know if he's a great person to choose if a person is dead or not. Because he went up to Mr. Ranch and it took him a while to see the whole slit throat and says, I think he's dead. <laughs> and a pool of blood with a slit throat. Like... His, his head is over there. His body is over there. He might be dead. <laughs> I'm not a medical professional, but he might be dead. <laughs> um, yeah, Molly's gone. Like, yeah. Um, so Malvo escapes. Um, he knows that people are looking for him. He knows that Fargo sent them. And uh, he killed Mr. Wrench. Um, uh, Gus kills Molly. The next scene, we're the next scene. We're back at the hospital. Uh, um, Lester finds his way back in his hospital bed after framing his brother. And to end the episode, you see him sitting there. He's sitting up on his bed, and he puts on the biggest smirk I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, just see the little, little sneaky little. A little sneaky. Uh, End of episode. Great conclusion. Um, if Molly's dead, Lester goes free. Oh, I, but that's what I was immediately thinking. Like Lester is saved. Boom! Yeah. Like all like Bill is gonna forget everything that she said. Yeah. Um, so that's the end of the episode. I really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed this episode. A lot happened. And we're going to find out some stuff because we find out about the big guys. We're going to find out if they're going to rat. Well, because Bill, Bill likes stuff at face value. He's going to take the brother and he's yeah. going to be like, Molly was the only reason uh, Lester was kind of mixed up is because the brother, like that, yeah. the Bill's just yeah. going to connect the any, like, he likes a guy to just like Hansel and Gretel. Lead him to the. Is Fargo Malvo's boss? We know Malvo has a boss. Are we sure? You no, know, because Fargo's the business. Because they just have hitmen that are good for the business. He's in the hitman business. Maybe. Fargo Maybe. is the whatever the underground, whatever they use the shipping company for to like. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, maybe. I don't know. They know of each other. Definitely. Um, Okay, so end of episode. Let's move on to predictions. My big prediction I've already revealed, Molly is not dead. We're going to learn in the next episode, Molly's not dead. Um, I'm going to request a formal rescinding of of the fact that you were right and a, a formal apology and it's going to be a big deal at, at the beginning of next podcast but my prediction is she's not dead 
Uh, I have two. I think that the brother gets arrested, Lester's brother, for sure. And then I think that Molly's dad finally gets involved in the case. Ooh, very he's, nice. He's been absent a little bit, and now his little girl is either dead or, well, I was thinking dead when I wrote it, and now possibly shot. So even wounded, he's going to, because even it's if she nice. comes back, she's going to be in the hospital, like, next to Lester, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good prediction. Um, if I had to give another prediction... I'd say that uh, Gus turns in his badge. Oh, that's yeah. A, he that's realizes that, that it's just not, it's not for him. He shot this woman who he loves. He, he doesn't want to be a police officer. And so he turns in his badge. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. We totally forgot. Because like, they're going to do ballistics. It's his gun. It's yeah, no, it's his gun. He, he definitely did it. Like, he has an excuse. Like, you know, he's not going to jail or anything. But I, I think it will sit on his conscience knowing that this isn't what he wants to do and that he just did this terrible thing and he's going to turn in his badge. I feel like it's worse if Molly's alive because yeah. then he has to live with the fact that yeah. He, yeah. yeah. And I don't think that they go on another date. <laughs> you uh, shot me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going on another date. <laughs> All right, anything else? No, oh, I think that's it. All right. That's up. We'll we'll catch you next week on another episode of Fargo Watch Party. Catch me Monday, another episode of a Modern Man Podcast. Presented by the Modern Podcast Network. Yes, sir. See you later. <laughs>